As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, everybody. I'm Robert Evans, and this is once again Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything you don't know about the very worst people in all of history. And this week, today, I should say, we have a special bonus episode with our special bonus guest, Jamie Loftus. Nice to be a bonus. That's better than normal. <laughs> it's good. If I was just like, this is our, just our boring-ass run-of-the-mill guest. They're like, oh, we got this too? Yeah. All right. No, this is a surprise. This is like... On Tuesday, we gave our audience like a sandwich, and today, you give them ice cream sundae. A, okay, I was gonna say not a bad surprise, not like a flash mob or anything no, horrible. No, like no, that. no, no. Like one of the ice cream sundaes they order on Star Trek that are gigantic and larger than any human being would ever actually eat. They did that. Oh yeah, people are always ordering ice cream sundaes wow. on Star Trek. I should watch that program. It's got a lot of ice cream. <laughs> I, really, like, pornographically large ice cream sundaes. Need more ice cream-based media. Mm-hmm. So, Jamie, how are you yeah. doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. Now, regular listeners will note that Jamie was with us on our very first episode where we talked about Saddam Hussein's yeah. uh, romantic novels. Which we still have. Which we still have. We just need to get it translated. Yeah, we've got a new romantic novel from Saddam. Yeah. Oh, okay. That okay. is a, his third novel, but the one that hasn't been translated that we're... Prolific. Yeah, we're going to crack the code and do some stage readings. We have to translate it from Japanese, the only language it's been published in <laughs> since he was hung. <laughs> but so Any listeners feel like translating an entire book? Like 120,000 words. But to be fair, we hear they're pretty good. <laughs> we hear it's pretty good. It's supposed to be Saddam's Game of Thrones. Yeah, tour date forthcoming. <laughs> But today we are talking about Paul Manafort. But before we do that, I should introduce what you do, Jamie. You have oh. a podcast, The Vectal Cast. I do on this a, on, on this very yeah. the Hates Let's What's Up Network. That uh, that is what we call our network. It's a rebrand. It's located on the New York Stock Exchange. Is just sluts. But you need to. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. It's true. They're like, oh wow, sluts stock <laughs> is up, and they're not wrong. Uh, yeah, uh, Bechtel Cast, comedian writer. That's yeah. 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 It's true. Well, today, Jamie, yeah. uh, you know who we're talking about because you just listened to the first two parts we done on Paul Manafort. Re-listened. Big fan, Aww. in fact. Aw, that's very sweet. I heard you do an ad about belts. I'm actually wearing the belt that we advertise right now. Wow. I just spent $900 on belts. You sold me on the belt. That's a nice belt. You ordered a lot of belts. I got a lot of belts. That's too many How belts, probably. How much the belts cost? <laughs> Less than nine hundred dollars. I'm like Paul Manafort. I don't know how much things cost. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about Paul Manafort's taste in clothing and uh, and, and what he spends on clothing, uh, uh-huh. and we'll also be talking about some some really 
painfully personal text messages between his daughters. Oh, so, did you search the database? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be right on the edge of good taste with this. Yeah. So, yay. Everybody's excited. All um, right. So when we last left our dear friend, Paul Manafort, his trial for massive financial fraud and failing to register as a foreign agent was about to begin. Mm-hmm. In the weeks since that episode, Paul Manafort has been convicted and rolled as far as a man can roll and signed a plea agreement with the Mueller or Mueller investigation. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Kind of angry at him for having a name that makes me want to say Mueller when it's Mueller? supposed to be Mueller. It's Mueller. I know. He chose, I mean, at some point, the, the, the less fun pronunciation was canonical. I imagine that he has this last name because for generations back in the old country, his family just mold wine, put like spices in hot wine. Oh. And that's all they did. I always wonder. I'm like, what did my family, have my family ever done anything you, they lofted. They what? They had lofts. They were they built lofts. I, 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 my guess. They're poor. They weren't living in them. <laughs> they, were, they were just making. <laughs> they were lofts. probably making them. That or they were aircraft pioneers. Ooh, that yeah. would be kind of nice. Yeah, they were Italian aircraft pioneers, and it was the <laughs> Aloftus family. And then they oh. came here in Ellis Island. They were like, "No, we're taking the A off." No, we're de- and then we're now we're going to build lofts for other people. And now you make lo- that clat tail as old as time. And now I do that today. Mm-hmm. And Paul Manafort's ancestors manned forts. Kind of true. Kind of kind of true. true. Kind of true. True enough. I'm true on this enough. journey with you. Mm-hmm. Everyone's last name holds the secret <laughs> to their their ancestry. Uh-huh. My relatives lived in vans. There you go. <laughs> there we go. So, um but like uh, digital vans. Yes, like, evans. Like evans. Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun little digression. <laughs> so at this moment, we don't know how long exactly Paul Manafort's going to spend in prison. I think next February is when he gets sentenced. The max from the plea deal he signed is a decade, but it'll probably be somewhat less than that. However, since Paul is already 69, even a five-year... Swish. Nice. <laughs> Pretty sick. <laughs> even a five-year sentence is good chance of being a life sentence for him. Right. The odds of Paul Manafort dying in prison seem to have raised recently based on an appearance he made in court on Friday, October 19th. Is this the wheelchair thing? This is the wheelchair thing, yeah. Okay. Paul, Paul was wheeled into court in a wheelchair and, and looking very sick. His lawyer says that he has significant health issues related to the terms of his confinement. He had like his one leg elevated and like a sock on instead of a shoe. It was so much. It, it was, was so, so much. It reminded me of when uh, Robert Durst went yeah. to court wearing a neck brace and was like, I couldn't have done it. I was on meth. <laughs> that was what Manafort took it to an 11. He's like, if Robert Durst had no personality. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wanted to hang out with Robert Durst. Which everyone unfortunately does. I mean, who wouldn't? He's so cool. He's I super used, cool. I used to make calendars of my fan art of him. <laughs> I know that that's not joking. Which takes it a step too far, and I stopped doing it. <laughs> well, no. When you realize you've taken a step too far, mm-hmm. what are your options? You step backwards, or you step even further. Or you make posters. Yeah. You make posters, or you change your name. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Paul Manafort, yeah, basically it seems like he's claiming he has gout. And that's why he has to be in a wheelchair in his leg. The rich man's... The rich man... Rich man leg? Yeah, rich man leg. (laughs) Eating too much sugar? Yeah. I don't know. Either gout or diabetes would be possible causes of something like that. Or he might just be lying to try and get, you know, out Uh, of being in prison for longer. Does he have a history of lying? A history of Paul Manafort? Uh, does he has he ever lied before? I don't know. I don't know if we have any evidence of him being manipulative. I mean, we have no evidence that Robert Durst killed anyone. No, we don't. So, except in self defense. <laughs> except in self defense. <laughs> and that time he admitted it in the bathroom. He did. <laughs> and the time he burped and said, <laughs> yeah, "I did it." <laughs> and that, and with Paul Manafort, of course, we have the text messages his daughter sent talking about the things their dad told them yeah! about the crimes that he was committing. Yeah. Oh, the daughters are so chaotic, evil. It's amazing how almost no criminals at that level of crime can avoid admitting what they've done. Yeah. Like, you don't run into a lot of, like, crack dealers who, in interviews with people, are like, yep, I sell crack. Right. Like, they're so... I don't know. If, if you're doing crimes, don't brag about it. Don't brag about the crimes while you're committing them. In public. <laughs> in public. Like, it's so crazy. It's pretty wild. Don't tell your daughters who text on unsecured cell phones about the crimes you're committing for a dictator. <sighs> These are lessons that nobody should actually learn because then these people wouldn't get caught. But Right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. So Paul Manafort is apparently very sick and on death's door, according to Paul Manafort. <laughs> I have to I be released. I to work today. Let me out of prison, please. 
Uh, the prosecution does still have the option to waive a lot of his convictions if he helps them out enough. So right now, the 10 things that he wasn't convicted for when he got his original sentence, okay. they've said, we're not going to try you again on these things, but we could try him again if he doesn't wind up giving the prosecution very much. So, it's, so, so is the deadline for that when his trial begins, or is that just indefinite? I think it's until, like by February or something, they're oh, going okay. to know so if they're going to try him. With, no. It seems like there is a ticking clock. We're going to see what else they get from him. Okay. But yeah, it's possible he'll be dismissed and won't spend much more time in prison. It's possible he will die there. I do want to draw your attention, Jamie, Yes. to one last line from a CNN article that I read that was sort of introducing the fact that he'd come to court in a wheelchair. Okay. Quote, Manafort's wife was not in the courtroom on Friday. She previously attended most of his hearings in the entirety of his Virginia trial. Why might that be? I don't, I don't know. No. Was it perhaps that he was serially <laughs> philandering on her and probably wasn't actually sick? <laughs> now, his rampant cheating may have had something to do with the fact that she wasn't there. Although mm-hmm. she knew about, everyone knew about his rampant cheating when she was there for his Virginia trial. True, um, true. But some more information about Paul Manafort's love life has cropped up since the last time we discussed it. Ooh. Do you want to take a guess at what else he did? Dish. Did he do some freaky shit that wasn't legal? Yeah, well, the legality is in question, but okay. it seems like he repeatedly forced his wife to have group sex with anonymous men despite her horror at the idea and complete disinclination to do so. That is absolutely horrible. Now, that's just according to his daughters. They're... <laughs> oh, okay, so the most, the most possible, reliable source. In the... Okay, okay, so wait, when was this happening? Well, this was, has, apparently was happening for years, but the text right. message conversations his daughters found out in late 2014. So then why has his wife decided to just be uh, like ex- angry enough to not come to court about that now it's interesting part of me would guess that maybe it's you know with abusive relationships oftentimes yes. people feel sort of still attached to that person until they get enough distance to realize oh my god that was fucked up or get like enough information of yeah. like no this person was doing all this stuff and then some Sometimes yeah you got to get to the end then some and they were together for a long time you know 40, she may have like 40 years or something yeah 40 crazy. years i mean we're going to read some conversations between his daughters that give you some insight into his wife's head so okay. she was clearly i'm not going to judge her at all i don't even feel comfortable using her name in the episode just sure. because like Go live your life, lady. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, get out. I, yeah. That's so horrible that he subjected her to that in the first place. Yes. So here's Paul's daughter, Andrea, texting her sister, Jess, about their mother. This is right after Andrea found out what had been happening. Okay. Quote, she just admitted to me how she feels like she always does stuff he wants, but he doesn't do the stuff she wants. And I asked, what does he make you do? And she said, group sex, and it makes her sick. She is saying that we can never tell him we know that she is confiding in us. But if he finds out we know, there is no way he will ever forgive her for telling us he likes to watch her to which jess responded she has to leave him if she doesn't want that and he does dad is a sex addict andrea i've known about this for a long time so oh, God. his daughters repeatedly make mentions of the fact that they think their dad is a sex addict so that seems to be like mm-hmm. commonly accepted knowledge within the manafort family but i also think that's really unfair because it, it becomes clear later that what he's doing goes beyond sex addiction okay so at one point jess claims that their dad refuses therapy because it feels to him like he isn't the dominant one uh that tracks <laughs> that tracks that yeah tracks. in another conversation his daughters describe quote the stuff he has made her do as outrageous involving a room full of men and just her while dad tapes it all um <sighs> Okay. I mean, it's that's so frustrating because when stories like that break, it just turns into like this kink shaming party Mm -hmm. when it's like, no, the issue is she did not want to do it. And her husband was making her do it anyways, because power dynamics be fucked up. Yeah. The issue is not Paul Manafort's wife and Paul Manafort are having crazy group sex. That's fine. If you're both into it. If you're both into it. Dope. Dope. Cool. Leak the tape. Otherwise, no. Yeah, exactly. Leak the tape. I actually would like to rescind that statement. I don't want to see Paul Manafort having group sex. I just don't. I don't want to see Paul Manafort having group sex, but I'm on record that I think if you are a federal level politician in the United States and elected, you should should be filmed. Well, you should be filmed at all times. Oh, like if you want to be in Congress, you want to be the president, you want to be a Supreme Mm -hmm. Court. We see every time you go to the bathroom, every time you fuck, you can just tune in on a channel. And if you screw up, they're like, we're leaking your poo poo pee pee tapes. Well, no, it'll just be available. Everyone can stream that. So for all politicians, (laughs) it's. all Truman Show? For all of them, <laughs> all the time. So if you want to be elected, that's what you do. <laughs> that's okay. I think that would fix... Robert, you have a sinister <laughs> view of 
<laughs> I mean, if if so, politicians have to get hotter immediately, or no one's going to watch. Well, that's probably all right. That's, like, <laughs> that's true. You don't want a lot of people watching. You want just enough people to make really good supercuts of everyone in Congress pooping. As a part of the hacker community, there will be hackers <laughs> who develop technology to give you push notifications to your phone every time you're favorite politician peepees yeah. and it'll it'll slip fast yeah or like the ted cruz's fucking cam and everyone there, can know oh, do no. i want to see ted cruz oh no cam? he's just making love to a can of lukewarm soup <laughs> i love that you house. give him the credit of assuming the soup would be lukewarm and Luke- not bone chillingly cold <laughs> no he go ooh. Imagine just uh, for everyone listening. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know. I think he has sex with a flaccid penis. Yeah. I think he, yeah, with a flaccid penis, fucks a lukewarm can of soup. Yeah, Ted Cruz fucks a lukewarm can of soup and doesn't even care that the the, kind of the sharp edges of the can are are grinding against his taint and cutting it open. (laughs) He's got all this. He's got all these little cuts on his his penis. His wife's like, Ted, Ted, what's going on? He's like, the soup. He's honest about it. He's honest about the soup. Uh, Lion Ted. And see, and that's why we're not going to kink shame Ted Cruz because no. that's fine. Everyone should fuck a can Everyone of soup. Everyone has at least the right once. to fuck a can of soup. At least once. You gotta know. I'm more of like a bagged soup guy. You're at, wait, whoa. <laughs> Is there bagged soup? You've never had bagged soup? Where do you get bagged soup? Oh, you're an East Coasty. Yeah, we, oh. we got bowls over there, baby. We're all on the West Coast, it's all in bags. Why? Oh, that's just the best way to in carry like soup. Like Kmart bags? Yeah, just a Kmart. <laughs> Kmart bag? Carrying a loose soup? <laughs> You've never gone to one of those teenage sex parties where it's just a Kmart bag full of warm soup? and? <laughs> Honestly, I don't even like soup. It's like Powerade that was left in the sun. I don't like it. I don't know how we got onto this digression, but You're... it is. <laughs> so, back <laughs> to Paul Manafort Manafort's daughters. <laughs> So after noting that their dad tapes everything, Jess said, poor mom, Andrea said, she says it's normal that you and I probably do it. I know. I feel so, so, so bad for her. Jess says, this is sick, Andrea. It's filming a gangbang. Andrea says, I know. Jess goes on to call her father abusive and claims that he made their mother into a shell of a human being. And then she said this. Mom says you caught dad once on a website or something and confronted him about it and he blew it off and told mom, see, she does it too. Andrea responds that yes, she's caught their father several times and then says, I've seen the sites up on his Trump computer and I know that they had done group sex because of what Amanda told me she found. I even thought I told mom about that. So it seems like from what his daughters are saying, Paul Manafort, Donald Trump's campaign manager, was using his official Trump campaign issued computer to set up questionably consensual gangbangs. With his wife while the 2016 election was going on. On the trail. On the trail. On the trail. On the trail. God. This poor woman. I mean, (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, again, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to do kink shaming here. Uh, Yeah, but I mean. Yeah. You you have your uh, sex computer and then your regular, your work. I don't know. I mean, but I guess if it's a Trump issued computer, it's okay to use it for sex crimes. It's probably mostly for sex crimes, right? It probably (laughs) actually will work faster than if you were doing work. Yeah. Yeah. The reason that I think this is worth bringing up in addition to the fact that it's just horrifying is that it's kind of evidence that Paul Manafort conducted his sex life and his family life the same way he conducted his job, where it was all about what Paul Manafort could get and damn the human consequences of his actions. Right, like right. Paul Manafort wanted a gangbang, so even though his wife was obviously traumatized by all this stuff, they were going to keep and doing it. he was it. like scheduling it too, yeah. like meetings. Well, he's an organized guy. He's an organized guy, an conceiving organized guy. children during conference calls, etc. I just, <laughs> yeah. I, wow, that is, whew, okay. Jess later said, quote, I've been finding his weird shit my whole life. I found his first black porn when I was 11, but I figured it was once in a while and mom was into it clearly she was not jess goes on to lament her father's serious control issues and then claim that what her own father did to their mother was quote basically rape adding that quote she is a destroyed person andrea agreed with this saying i agree this is emotional rape 100 percent and basically physically as well so uh, basically yeah paul manafort's daughters think their dad is a rapist it is so i mean it, it's confusing and scary to me how self-aware of everything that mm-hmm. is happening that his daughters seem and and yet ultimately always choose yeah the path of evil like it, it seems like they could have busted their father so many times over if they had 
more i mean them being self-aware is almost worse than if they were just like yeah who knows like where this is just how people are yeah you know your dad is this gross and you know yeah. that he's trying to help another guy become president do you not wonder like maybe that guy's gross as hell too maybe whatever side he supports in an election right is the wrong one <laughs> right like just don't do they were yeah. oh, like there's so so many opportunities for them to get information from their dad and like help save something yeah. someone yeah they, anyone i don't think they're good guys in this no uh, they're, they're for sure they're bystanders yeah they're they're, the they're bystanders guys. when they didn't need to be mm-hmm. so now that we've established paul's ghoulish lack of fucks for the human beings he professes to love i'd like to read one last quote about his sex life okay here's jess quote mm-hmm. did dad partake in the group were there women or was it always just him watching mom with other men to which Andrew responded, she said he did partake, but like he could never get off. But apparently he has a thing for black men. Hardcore. One time it was six black men in a hotel room. I hate him, Jessica. I think I hate him. She said she would often be so drunk she couldn't stand. So again, I think we've got a pretty fair claim that Paul Manafort's a rapist on a legal level. But yes. Yeah. Yeah, if he's drugging people yeah. to have, oh, God. Well, yeah. What a nightmare. He should be castrated. He, he should has... be castrated. Sounds like he can't get it up anyway. <laughs> it would be an easy cut. Yeah. Have you ever seen Hard Candy? No. Oh, a young Ellen Page cuts off Patrick Wilson's dick. Whoa. She's Sorry, spoiler alert. She's 14. The big centerpiece of the movie is she like baits a guy who's like trying to get little girls to come over to his house, goes to his house, and cuts his dick off. That want, sounds like a fun movie. It's a great movie, and I want it to happen to Paul Manafort. You know what? I would support him being let out of prison if Ellen Page had to cut off his penis. It has to be Ellen Page. <laughs> it has too. to be Ellen Page. I insist on Ellen Page. <laughs> Someone's got to fly a helicopter to the island she owns. <laughs> You're needed, Miss Page. <laughs> okay, so. Part of me feels a little bit voyeuristic and even kind of gross peering through these text messages, but I think Paul Manafort lived his life too publicly and involved himself too deeply in the lives and deaths and freedom of tens of millions of people to deserve any sort of privacy here. The outrageous and vile way he treated his family is relevant because he's a man who sought to and did impact the world. And on that note, Paul's daughters had some interesting things to say about their father's actions in Ukraine. In the prior episodes, we covered how Paul's advice to former Ukrainian President Yanukovych was to basically exacerbate the divide between East and West in order to consolidate power. Manafort also urged the would-be dictator to crack down violently on the Maidan protesters. His actions were a major influence in the murder of more than 100 protesters, often by government snipers. Now, at one point in February 2014, when these protests were going on and when, in fact, the government was murdering people with snipers at Paul Manafort's behest, one of Andrea's friends texted her to ask if her dad was mentally and emotionally okay over all this. So I'm guessing that, like, Andrea's friend saw vague TV news about unrest in Ukraine and was like, oh, boy, I know that Andrea's dad spends a lot of time over there. I better check in on her. Okay. Andrea replied, yes, what are you even talking about? Her friend explained all the protests in Ukraine. Andrea said, what about them? And he said, I don't know. Isn't that stressful on him? Andrea said, he's totally fine. And her friend said, oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I think you. I think you misspelled that. But it, uh, it, it, no, I think it was a cutesy middle school reply. Like, okay. Okay. Bye bye. So. Two days later, later, President Yanukovych fled Ukraine in disgrace and the protesters won. The civil war sparked off pretty much immediately afterwards. And two days after that, Andrea's friend texted her again asking, how's your pops doing with all the Ukraine BS? Mm -hmm. To which Andrea responded, he's peachy keen. Doesn't affect him. Ote. Ote. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Thanks for checking in. Mm -hmm. And speaking of... There was really Where's it no, going? There Where's was no it going? lead in there. It's an ad pivot. Oh. You got you got a better pivot than that, Loftus? You got a better pivot. You know what's really Ote? <laughs> there the we goods go. and services you're about to be advertised. Nailed it. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. 
All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jin, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I should note that the text we just read came several months before Andrea first became aware of the extent of her father's sexual abuse of her mother. She seems to take a perverse sort of pride in her father's crapitude at this point, and okay. that seems to have changed over the course of 2014. So in November of 2014, she texted her sister this, quote, I hate him, Jessica. I am being really strong right now and telling mom it's okay, and I don't judge her, and the only thing that really upsets me is how all this made her feel and how he made her feel that way. But between you and me, I fucking hate him. He gets off on controlling her. He orders food for her. He dresses her. He gives her to-do lists. She is his puppet. No wonder she is a shell. So it's an interesting she, – she is capable of understanding how shitty her dad is when he hurts her mom. But when right. he's ordering a crackdown in a foreign country that leads to hundreds of deaths and eventually thousands, yeah. then it's like, ah, Just he's like fine. <laughs> most wealthy people can't see past the tip of their own nose. Yeah. And you would think that like there would have been some like wake-up moment, I don't know, when she realized how bad her dad was. Like, oh, maybe the things he's been doing around the world – are terrible and right. I should tr- let's take a look tr- let's take a look and try to expose how awful a man my dad is once he starts leading a presidential campaign right 
So here's Andrea. He rented her a Hamptons house a mile from us and would see her every week from Monday, Wednesday, and tell my mom he was working. And then the dumb bitch posted pics of our homes all over Instagram. He's way too smart to have been this dumb about it. He either wanted to be caught or is next level arrogant. Uh, or doesn't understand how the internet yeah, works. Or is just a dumb old man. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you look at his, he's born in 1949. I feel yeah. like there does reach a point with a lot of like politicians and world leaders where it's like you can be a, a genius, but if you don't know how computer work, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah, someone's like, can I post this on Instagram? And he's like, maybe he thinks that's Flickr or something else where it's, it's like, like a email? private photo. Yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Google it. Yeah, Whatever. yeah. Go cool crazy, it. computer. Because she's she's significantly younger than him, right? Way younger than so him. So she understands. Yeah. That, listen, some people die flexing on the gram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's a it's an epidemic. Flexing on the gram. Flexing on the Robert. Are you not flexing on the gram? I have never used the gram. I know. I think do, Sophie. Do you, Sophie runs the gram. Sophie runs Sophie the gram. Sophie runs the gram. You guys are flexing on the gram. I don't even know what that would mean. Get that dopamine. That sounds like you're talking about dealing drugs. <laughs> I am. <laughs> You gotta do it. You Get gotta flex the gram. This is and now I'm admitting it on a podcast classic. Mr. You heard it here first, folks. If you want to buy drugs, HMU. So it gets grosser. According oh, to Jess, quote, I mean, he has taken her on his playlist of places, as in like the restaurant he celebrates my mom's birthday every year with her, the place oh. they went on their honeymoon to, all the restaurants they go to when they go to Paris for decades. So again, God. Paul Manafort, gross piece of shit. Yeah. And there's a piece to resonance. Okay. Oh, yeah. So while Jess was parsing out the full extent of her dad's awfulness, Andrea realized that, quote, he was at a beach resort off the coast of Ukraine with her the weekend of my fucking engagement party. No, yeah. that's so many so levels. <laughs> he's just Ukraine on top of that. He's just so consistently as bad a human being as he can possibly he's be. He's gonna let people down at yeah. every turn. It almost makes Donald Trump's lack of awareness that he has a younger daughter. Like be, he's a better parent to Tiffany than Paul Manafort's been to either of his at daughters. At least a lack of parenting <laughs> yeah. is better than God. I still I used to believe that Tiffany was gonna save us. <laughs> Why would you? I, think I that? wanted her because I uh, her, she, because of the single, and she, what she had a song. I had no idea Tiffany song. I wanted Tiffany Trump. I, she wouldn't save us for us, but she, I think she would have enough daddy rage to save us by accident. That was my hope. Okay, but it didn't work out. Well, maybe Tiffany Trump. If you're a fan of the show. I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What what could she do? There, I, I mean, she she's got to it. try. Like, I'd be willing to guess that the average reporter in D.C. has talked to her dad more than she has. Probably. <laughs> like, but then what are in her texts? Well, yeah. Leak the TIFF texts. Um, so Paul Manafort's a gross slime bucket of a human being. So let's get back to the court case. If you just sort of skim the news headlines about it, you were probably aware of the fact that Mr. Manafort used some of his ill-gotten dictator money in order to buy a $15,000 ostrich skin jacket. Have you looked at a picture of this jacket? No. Do you have a pic? Oh, yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And it'll be on our website, behindthebastards.com. Look at this piece of shit. That's not even a nice-looking jacket. No, it just looks like... Why does it have to be ostrich skin if it just looks like any jacket? It looks like any black faux leather jacket. Yeah, you could get that at Top Shop. Well, and also it looks like you can tell Paul Manafort wearing it when you see Paul Manafort pictures. He wears it because he wants to look like a greaser. Yeah, he uh, thinks that, he's the Fonz. He thinks he's the Fonz. That's why he bought this $15,000 ostrich jacket. How embarrassing. And I think when people were making fun of it online, they were expecting it was some sort of like ridiculous ostrich plume jacket. It looks yeah. like a black jacket that you would buy for $200 somewhere. Only Paul Manafort would spend that much money on a jacket that's boring and sucks. Ex- that's the only thing he buys God. is expensive, boring, shitty stuff. Not even fun to Not look even at. fun to look at. So, God bless him, the New York Post tracked down the Manhattan tailor who sold Paul Manafort his stupid, ugly ostrich jacket. (laughs) And it it turns out this guy had sold Paul Manafort most of his other stupid, ugly, and unbearably expensive rich person clothing. Cool. Uh, In the interview with the tailor, a guy named Maximilian Katzman, who sounds like a rich guy tailor. Okay, he sounds, I can hear his mustache. First off, if your name is Maximilian and you don't introduce yourself as Max, (laughs) you're you're a tailor for rich people. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the way it goes. (laughs) Uh, so Max worked for Alain Couture, I guess that's how it's spelled, a Hi. luxury menswear shop in New York City where the elite meet to spend more than the GDP of some countries on suits that all look the same. Katzman said of the ostrich jacket purchase, 
this was during a fitting. It simply caught his eye. So it was like an impulse buy. Oh. So Pell Manafort just sees this jacket and is like, God, should I? <laughs> throw this jacket, the price of a nice mid-sized sedan on the pile. Jesus fuck Christ. It. Yeah. Two so, jackets that pay off my student loans, Paul. Oh, fucking Paul. <laughs> so Katzman's dad owns Alain Couture, and he comes across as a rich fashion industry douche waffle who's probably completely baffled by the idea that anyone would find it horrifying to spend $15,000 of dictator blood money on a jacket. Yep. He called Manafort's style the, quote, professional politician look, nothing too bold, nothing too artsy, nothing that could offend someone in a very formal setting. So I'm going to guess any individual suit Mr. Manafort wears probably costs more money than the combined net worth of you and I. Sick. Uh, here's a picture of him in a suit. Tell me that doesn't look like a Brooks Brothers there, $150 suit. It's just suit. a fucking blue suit, Paul. It doesn't even it, look good. Like, uh, this is, oh, you this look is like so every upsetting. rich guy in politics. I don't, it, okay. I mean, <laughs> do you ever come up against this? Do you ever get frustrated when uh, a bastard won't go all the way? I, yeah, that's why I like L. Ron Hubbard. Because, like, like, you're a crazy rich evil monster, but you bought your own navy and made it search for gold. You, like, <laughs> you walked the walk. You walked the walk. You walked the psycho walk. I don't like, yeah, the, this weird rich man. It's like, I'm wearing what you're wearing, but mine is $30,000. And more people died for it. Yeah. It's like buying buying a private jet, which is like, no, that's just a way to waste more money if you're rich. Now, like that Google guy who's buying a blimp that's a house that he can fly around the world, that's okay. And is he evil and bad? Yes, of course he is. But at least he's not boring. But he, exactly. There's creativity there. At least he's got a blimp. At least he's got a fucking blimp. At least when he's inevitably taken down, someone gets a blimp. Someone gets a blimp. It's like Eric Prince, horrible guy, but yeah, at least he's like trying to buy a navy in his own he's not like don't do the boring shit that every rich asshole does and spend all of your money on stupid things a horse and clothes yeah yeah, fucking a horse a horse grow up that's some Mitt Romney bullshit there yeah like buy a blimp god Mitt Romney the world's most boring Boring rich man yeah (laughs) okay uh, so we know that Paul Mitt spent more than $900,000 at Alain Couture between 2010 and 2014 while he was working for Yanukovych. Katzman said of the ostrich jacket, this is the epitome of, you know, opulence. This is as over the top as we could get. That's the nicest way I could put it. That's his sales pitch. That's his sales pitch. <laughs> um, I'm going to read one last quote from, uh, from this guy. Okay. We sell over-the-moon exotic things on a regular basis, Katzman said, noting that a Vicuna wool suit made from the underbelly of Peruvian camels runs $35,000. I'm surprised to see that this has become a thing. <laughs> now, when you're spending the income of an average American family on a suit that doesn't look any different from a normal suit, mm-hmm. you might get people wanting to guillotine you. That's yeah. just, just kind of how it works. Seems like, like they're coming for you first. Seems like they're going to eat you. God. And and also whenever like people like that casually express surprise of like, yeah, no idea why people mm-hmm. are into it. You're like, then stop. Then stop selling that kind of shit. Then stop. Like, if you want to be a kind of person who wears a boring suit, go buy a $300 boring suit from Brooks Brothers or something. And then buy a blimp. And then buy a fucking blimp. Buy a blimp. So at least, our, at least if we're going to live in an oligarchy where the rich crush everyone who doesn't have as much money of them, as them, mm-hmm. at least there will be blimps in the sky. Let's bring back the Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Make Zeppelins great again. Make Zeppelins <laughs> and then, great again. And then, cause then one poor person per Zeppelin can just spark. Exactly. <laughs> we're done with rich and people. And then we can just Hindenburg all the Zeppelins. <laughs> Hinden- if we can convince the oligarchy that Zeppelins are cool and then we Hindenburg the oligarchy. There we go. There we go. Hashtag Hindenburg the oligarchy. <laughs> so Paul Manafort will not be keeping his ostrich skin jacket. Oh, no. I know. That's a heartbreaker. He looked so good in it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> he will not be keeping most of the ill-gotten gains he earned in decades of helping the world's worst people torture, murder, and suppress millions upon millions of human beings. In total, his plea deal involves him giving up some $45 million worth of assets, enough to pay for the entire Mueller investigation to date more than two times over. Ooh. Yeah, no, and the Mueller investigation's very cash flow positive right now. I was, uh, I would say I'm surprised it's been that cheap. It's cost like $18, 20000000 million, but then you get $45 million from one guy. Now you're in the black. Now you're in the black. Go catch some more rich guys breaking laws. Go, Jim. Maybe that's most of what law enforcement should be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So according to the BBC, 
Quote, he's accepted responsibility, said Manafort defense lawyer Kevin Downing after Thursday's court appearance. He wanted to make sure that his family was able to remain safe and live a good life. So it seems like what Manafort was trying to do was making this plea deal so that his family could keep some of their money mm-hmm. uh, so that his kids and wife don't die poor. I'm guessing it's more because he hopes he'll get out of prison in time. And, to, you, and, t- and take uh, it and from take them. them. Take it from them. Yes. I don't think Paul Manafort gives a fuck about another human being. No. Except for maybe his Instagram mistress. Oh, God. Yeah, what a weird Achilles <laughs> heel to have. Everybody's got one. It's true, and mm-hmm. they always have a violent Instagram presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like King Leopold and that teenage prostitute that he loved. Yeah, she would put she him had in a his great stories. Gram. She had a really she, she compelling was... online presence. <laughs> the best Instagram in 1909. She truly. <laughs> by far. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to conclude by talking about the fact that Rick Gates, Paul Manafort's aide and wingman for decades, completely rolled on him as soon as the FBI got involved. Uh, in roughly one hour of testimony on the fifth day of the Manafort trial, Gates admitted to faking expense reports to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars from his boss, partly in order to fund a love nest in London for him and his mistress. Gates also admitted to helping Paul Manafort hide millions of dollars in offshore bank accounts. Manafort's former accountant also testified against him in exchange for immunity for her crimes in helping Paul hide tens of millions of dollars in ill-gotten gains. Mm. Just about the only person who hasn't completely written Paul Manafort off as a human being is Donald Trump. Wow. Uh, Yeah, that is. He's a real one. He's a loyal guy. Wow. He famously labeled his former campaign manager a brave man. Uh, I'm not really sure what he was referring to here in terms of bravery. (laughs) Mainly the fact that he hadn't directly implicated Donald Trump in any crimes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I call courage. Yeah, it's uh, brave enough not to do, yeah, the one thing that he could do in his whole life that would be helpful. When I think of bravery, number one is those young boys storming that beach at Iwo Jima. Mm -hmm. And and, and number two is Paul Manafort not rolling on the only person who could exonerate him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just, there's nothing braver than when Paul Manafort doesn't snitch. You know, and normally I'm anti-snitch, but in this case... This is a clear one must snitch. Snitch on financial crimes. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Snitch carefully. So uh, I do want to take this point now that we're closing to the end of our special little episode. I want to put together a little list that I should have added to the first two-parter we did on the matter, which is my best attempt to kind of create a Paul Manafort kill count. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to get into that now. So the Ferdinand Marcos regime, who Manafort backed and received tens of millions of dollars from, killed about 3,257 people. The Angolan Civil War, which Paul Manafort lengthened by as much as a decade by securing rebel leader Jonas Savimbi arms from the U.S. government, killed more than 500,000 people in 27 years. The Maidan Revolution cost 130 people their lives. Manafort's own daughters claim, based on the things he told them, that he advised Yanukovych to use deadly force to split up the protests. More than 10,000 people have died in the ongoing Ukrainian Civil War. Manafort also represented Mobutu Sese Seku, the dictator of the Congo, while he plundered the nation of virtually all its wealth. It's hard to pin an exact death toll on this one, but I think it's worth noting that Paul Manafort was part of the long, proud Western tradition of fucking over the people of the Congo for a little bit of cash. Now... Is there more? You just flipped the page. We're not done with the dictators Paul Manafort's help. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Paul also worked with Sani Abacha, dictator president of Nigeria from 1993 to 1998. Again, it's hard to pin an exact death toll on this one, but Sani had at least dozens of dissidents executed and many more tortured. He also stole $5 billion from the country, some of which wound up in Paul Manafort's slimy pockets. It's probably worth noting that the oil company Shell has also been accused of being implicated in some of the killings. Um, No. I know. Wait. Shell? Guess. Shell, Shell put the logo. I know. It makes me think of the ocean. It thinks of, I think the about beautiful the beautiful oil-filled beaches. There's a big <laughs> sign over Boston that's the Shell sign. I don't know why I felt it, such loyalty to a gas company. I'm I, evil. I know. It really hurts. It really hurts. <laughs> I got to go and look at that sign and be like, I don't take any joy in you, sign. You expect the shit from Chevron. Yeah, so, I mean, because yeah. they've got text in their logo. Uh-huh. Grow up. And that's, that's horrifying. But yeah. a Shell... Shell. Shell. Okay. I don't like Shell anymore. <laughs> we don't always have great detail on the extent of Manafort's work with the individual monsters that he uh, represented because he was committing international crimes and tried to hide his tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has also been high- tied to work with the former Kyrgyz dictator Bakiev. And Paul Manafort has also been tied to work with Syed Bar, the former dictator of Somalia. The UN claims that Barr's regime had, quote, one of the worst human rights records in Africa. I found a fun Guardian article written about Rita Levinson, who uh, worked for Paul on the Barr case. So she wrote of her old boss, quote, 
Arrogant, narcissistic, egotistical, brilliant, all of that I can handle in Paul, but it is Paul's mercenary attitude that puts us at odds. So basically she told a story about when Bar's regime was collapsing in Somalia. This is like the last regime before Somalia becomes a failed state, essentially. So right. while it's falling apart, Paul Manafort sent her and a colleague over to Somalia to try to get a million dollars out of the Bar regime okay. as it was collapsing. Just to twist the knife? Just to try to get a little bit more money out of them. He was basically claiming, like, I can get you some last-minute aid and help if you if you throw some money our way. Right. So it didn't work out, and they got very sick and almost died because the country was collapsing into a failed state. And she kind of got pissed at this because she realized afterwards no. that, like, he knew we might die, but it was like, well, if two people die, that's not that big a deal. And if we win, we get an extra million bucks. Like, that was Paul Manafort's calculation. Oh, my <laughs> so God. She was, she was really pissed about this. Yeah. Um, and she said, and she was 25 years old at the time. So, like, she was in a questionable industry, but also she was fucking 25 years old. There, like, who who <laughs> isn't yeah. doing that when they're 25? I was definitely in Somalia when I was 25. Yeah, uh, yeah. Different purposes, but. Yeah. <laughs> but we were all there. We were all shooting down U.S. helicopters. And... We were all risking our lives for uh, millionaires oh, in yeah, Somalia. That, that too, some of us. This is a quote from Rita writing afterwards about the time Paul Manafort almost got her and a colleague murdered cool. in Somalia. Yes. I realize now that to men like Manafort, the world really is one huge game of Stratego, and he plays to win. The consequences are secondary. He sent John and me on this wild goose chase, this utterly pointless mission, one that could have killed us both, simply because he could. Which is, I think, why Paul Manafort uh, does everything that he's ever done. Yeah, and uh, is experiencing the first consequence mm -hmm. ever? A consequence at age 69. A consequence at the age of... Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, poor him, though. He's got a cast. He does, and his foot... He can't wear a shoe. He can't. He's got to get rolled around. He his can't wear a shoe. His girlfriend's got Instagram and, and his yep. daughter's text, and now he's screwed, man. Now he's screwed. Wow. Paul Manafort is the one that we should feel sorry for. I think that he's really the victim in all of this. He's God. he's the great victim in Western civilization. Do we know uh, what his daughters think about having their text leaked, or have they kind of gone <laughs> I think they've gone to ground a little bit. They... <laughs> but there is a searchable database online now of all of the Manafort daughter texts. Can't wait to get some Netflix recommendations mm -hmm. from there. I just started searching for individual words, and you'll find some fun stuff. But yeah? most of it was like, yeah, you search for fart or something, and ha. you just you get a lot of really fun conversations, Oof. but none of which was super relevant. Oh. Well, a bonus to the bonus. Yeah. The Manafort girls talk farts. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the That'll next be episode we do. That'll be our two-person show, us playing the Manafort oh. daughters. Man, if we ever get booked at Madison Square Garden, that'll, yes. that'll be the, the headline. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Yeah. President of Loftestan. Loftestan, yes. Loftestan. Yes. Uh, you got a plug, plug a pluggable? Plug I, got some a, I got a little pluggy. Uh, you can listen to the, the Bechtel cast every Thursday. And uh, yeah, you used to be able to follow me on social media. Now you kind of can't. Twitter's the real bastard here. Twitter's uh, Jack Dorsey. When's that episode? Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, flexing on the gram mm -hmm. at Jamie Christ Superstar. And uh, if it so disposes you, maybe uh, yell at Twitter about uh, banning Jamie Loftus when they don't ban white nationalists who threaten to murder people. Let them know what you were doing. It was pretty bad. I mean, I did. Well, first, I made silly videos about figure skating. Mm -hmm. That was bad. That was very bad. Next, I posted a uh, death threat made to me, mm -hmm. and that got me banned. It's the for same as a making a death threat. threat. Yeah. It's the same. Reporting it is basically doing it. And then you threatened to murder the fictitious Zamboni brothers. <laughs> I did say I was going to find the Zamboni brothers and kill them, but the Zamboni brothers are cartoons. Let's not. They're my cartoons. <laughs> They're literally my cartoons. And I, but you know, I did, and I'm a danger to society. I threatened you are. them. You are. I and threatened them. Just because you create a fictional character doesn't mean you can fake threaten to fake murder them. You're right. That's Twitter rules. I'm I'm <laughs> fake sorry. <laughs> I am real Robert Evans, and this has been Behind the Bastards. You can find us on social media at, at Bastards Pod on Twitter and Instagram, but I will not be looking at the Instagram because I don't know how to use Instagram. We're so gonna change that. Sophie's gonna Sophie's gonna interact with you there, but she's a better person than me, so you can enjoy it. And uh, you can find us on BehindTheBastards.com. You can find us every Tuesday. Most Thursdays from now until the heat death of the universe or until everyone decides to stop being shitty. Oh.
Yeah. Okay, so that three weeks or never. Yeah, one of, <laughs> one of the two. Oh, also you can buy shirts and hoodies and boxes and stuff with things that we've designed on them, cups. Bo- uh, boxes uh, and uh, stuff? Like for laptops, a oh, box for your oh, laptop. okay, okay, okay. Phone cases. They're phone cases. <laughs> on TeePublic, Behind the Bastards, some of the money will get to me and I will use it to buy narcotics uh and ostrich jackets and ostrich i am waiting for this show to get big enough that i can have an ugly ostrich jacket <laughs> that is visually indistinguishable from a 70 dollars kmart jacket isn't that the goal of this show to make you so wealthy that you yourself become a bastard yeah 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 that's yeah. when it's canceled yeah and then i will get a blimp yeah and then you get a blimp and then we burn the blimp sorry <laughs> well, the blimp. at least i'd die on a blimp there <laughs> <laughs> if i learned one thing from 20th century history it's he who dies on a flaming blimp wins. I'm going to get a Doritos Nut Dictators mug. I just decided. Oh, well, that's a great mug that you can buy on our Tee Public store. Boom. All right. I love about 40% of you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 